All right, let's go out to the North Olmstead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. Local kid done good. Miles Simmons joining us here at 92.3 The Fan, of course, at theprofootballtalk.com. Miles, how you doing tonight? I'm doing well. How are you? Well, speaking of food, uh, I saw you tweeting out, be nice to Pepsi, by the way, if we go down this road, because we like Pepsi, we like Coke, we like everyone involved here, okay? But I saw, you, do, tweeting, yeah. I saw you tweeting out about the condiment wars and the, uh, the Pepsi kolach up that's coming, and I talked a little bit about this yesterday. On the surface, I didn't know if it was a great idea, but... Here's where I give them a bunch of credit. First off, I love a Pepsi with a hot dog. I think that like the, the, that's Americana. That's great. But we don't have enough people trying to invent awesome foods. I can't stand in the way when someone goes for it. Okay. I mean, I, I understand what you're saying there, but A, ketchup doesn't belong on a hot dog. So that's <laughs> problem number one there. And, you know, I mean, look, as you said, I am a local kid. So the only thing that belongs on a hot dog is stadium mustard. And then maybe you put on some sauerkraut, you know, maybe a little good uh, onion, some grilled onion, potentially, perhaps relish sometimes. I mean, but you're not putting ketchup on a hot dog. So I don't care if it's Pepsi ketchup, if it's Coke ketchup or Dr. Pepper ketchup. It still doesn't belong on a hot dog. Are you are you anti grilled onions on a hot dog? I'm a, I'm a big grilled onion guy on a hot dog. No, I mean, <laughs> I'm not anti-grilled onion on anything, but I prefer raw onion to grilled onion because I like the crunch. I like the different texture, and I like the, the taste of that raw onion that comes along with the hot dog. And you mix that with the stadium mustard, I just that's perfect to me. Yeah, onions don't get – I, I need to get on the PR team for onions. Big Onion needs to hire me. I, I'm pro everything Onions uh, is, is putting out there right now, and, and nobody else loves it the way I love it. Uh, yeah, I totally agree with you. Maybe it's because I'm single and childless and like I don't have to worry about kissing anybody. So it's like I like I like onion, I like garlic, like give me all the stuff that, you know, makes your breath terrible. Before we get to the Browns, I saw you also tweeting out about the Guardians last night. First place uh, doesn't feel great to you it, though. Well, I mean, you know, it's it's good to be in first place. All you want to do is get into the tournament, but like let's get another dub tonight, you know. I'm not sure who's on the hill. Isn't Logan Allen on the hill tonight? Uh, yeah. They're playing the Royals, yeah? And so, like, we got to win this series. You know, you can't go and play the Royals, who, if not for the A's, would be talked about more as, like, the absolute worst team in baseball. I mean, that's their only saving grace right now. So let's go. Let's go win the series. And, you know, then you get to mess around tomorrow and get a sweep. Like, let's go. Let's get a winning record and feel good about being in first place. Exactly right. And, and the, man, the Royals really are so bad. It's just so easy. All right, let's get to your wheelhouse. Uh, Miles Simmons, ProFootballTalk.com, joining us here. I actually played a clip from Mike Forio yesterday, and I actually I love oh what Forio had to say, though. Well, I'm a big Forio guy. I, I, I think I've expressed this to you before. I, I bang it here for the latest news and rumors often. And so I thought Forio made a great point, though. Forio, he went down the rabbit hole in the idea that if Deshaun Watson's public comments match up his private comments – then we could have an impasse in Berea. And like we don't know. We don't know if his public comments match up his private comments, but if they do, and then they don't end up end up landing DeAndre Hopkins, it does make you wonder why Andrew Barry didn't go ahead and say, okay, you get to call the shots here. And at what point that happened between the two of them where Deshaun Watson basically got put in his place. Well, that is interesting too, right? I mean, as an organization, they made a decision to not only trade for Deshaun Watson, but give him the most guaranteed money in a contract in NFL history. And when you do something like that, I mean, that inherently gives that player some sort of cachet, right, to say what he wants. And so I think from a contract standpoint, from a football standpoint, 
from a pure public perception standpoint, it would make a lot of sense for the Browns to at least signal that they are somewhat interested in DeAndre Hopkins. But then again, I mean, I, I like to say this, real G's move in silence. So maybe they really are interested in DeAndre Hopkins. We don't know it. But it is a little bit weird to me that, I mean, you get the report from Albert Breer uh, Monday, and it was kind of not necessarily a report, but, you know, it's one of those, well, things that he mentioned that will then get translated into a report because he has sources and he knows what he's talking about. But he says that basically the Browns are so pleased with Elijah Moore kind of as their third guy or maybe even their second guy, but the way he plays the slot, right? And then they've also got Peoples-Jones, and they were really pleased, obviously, with Amari Cooper, so they like their receiving core the way it is. But to that, I say, you know, you got a person out there in DeAndre Hopkins who can take pressure off of all of those guys, and he already has built-in chemistry with your quarterback. I, I think it behooves the Browns to at least kick the tires on DeAndre Hopkins and see if there is a fit there. Uh, real G's moving uh, in silence like the G in lasagna. That is, I'm going to credit uh, Little Wayne, then I'm going to credit Baker Mayfield, <laughs> and then I'm going to credit you. I, that's that's the order that goes. If we're doing the uh, the Wayne Gretzky, Michael Scott, you miss 100% yeah. of the shots. You, yeah, they were, I'm going to credit you third on that list, okay? I'll take it. I'll take it. Sounds good to me. Uh, so if you had to guess right now, Hopkins, is is, it, is the Patriots the leading contender? Are the, Should the Browns be number one? Where Titans in there? Where, give me, a, give me an, an order as if I was making it to gamble on it later. Yeah, well, I think you have to go with the two teams where we know he's visited first, right? So that would be the New England Patriots and then the Tennessee Titans. If I'm DeAndre Hopkins, I mean, I haven't signed with one of those teams because I am waiting for somebody else to kind of come along and maybe sweep me off my feet, right? You know, it's like the most popular girl in school, when she's looking for a prom date, she's not going to just accept the first thing that comes along if it's not the quarterback and the captain of the football team. So, like, this is kind of where it is and not that DeAndre Hopkins is, you know, the best receiver in football anymore. And I think that there are, that's obviously Justin Jefferson and DeAndre Hopkins has gotten along there in years. And when you're talking about an offensive skill position player, like, yeah, you know, when you get to the other side of 30, it becomes a thing. But I just feel like if I'm DeAndre Hopkins, right. And I see that the Patriots have something for me and the Titans have something for me. Well, I guess I'm going to the Patriots because while you'd be the clear number one in Tennessee, I mean, you're dealing with a situation where Ryan Tannehill may or may not be the quarterback through the entire season. You really don't know what you're going to have in Will Levis. And ah, like, does that really entice you? I don't know. I mean, at least if you go to New England, yeah, it's Mac Jones, and you'd also be the number one guy there. But you know that that team's going to be competitive because of the coaching staff that it has. And Bill O'Brien, Colin plays. You know, you got the familiarity there. There's not familiarity with Tennessee, but it's, there's just a lot of things that I think make a little bit more sense for him in New England than it would in Tennessee. Now, if other teams get involved, right? Like, say, the Bills want to start getting involved. The Kansas City Chiefs want to get involved because those are the two teams who are trying to trade for DeAndre Hopkins. But they didn't really want to, uh, to inherit all of that contract. And so that's part of it why we're, we don't know exactly what DeAndre Hopkins' contract demands are. But if those two teams start getting involved, then it's kind of like, oh, well, you know, that's a little bit more enticing. Even if I don't make as much money, I will probably have a good chance at winning a ring and solidifying my legacy or whatnot in the NFL. And I think you know, if you have those teams and the Browns come in, 
I think that they would all probably be on the same level, A, because the Browns can probably offer a little bit more money than those other two in the Bills and Kansas City, and B, because you have the connection there already with the uh, Deshaun Watson. Yeah, and I don't think Devontae Parker and that deal, that does nothing as far as this discussion is concerned, right? Well, I think if, if anything, it maybe makes the Patriots able to offer him a little bit more money because it lower that cap number uh, for Devontae Parker. But it wasn't a prohibitive cap number in the first place. So, I mean, maybe that allows the Patriots to sweeten the pot just a little bit more. But I, I would agree with you that it doesn't necessarily do too much when it comes to this discussion. Three-year, $33 million, $14 million in guaranteed money. If I was trying to give Donovan Peoples-Jones a deal after this season, is that what this would look like, something like that? Yes, probably, depending on what this year looks like for him, you know? I mean, if if he comes in and he breaks out and he's got 1,000 yards and he's getting 1,000 yards alongside Amari Cooper, then those, they've got to pump those numbers up, you know? But I think at this point, yeah, that, that's probably in line with what it should be based on what he's done so far. Yeah, I mean, I just look at Devontae Parker. Over the past three years, he hasn't had a single 800-yard season. He hasn't had yeah. a, anything more than four touchdowns in a year. Like, I, I yeah. just I look at the, the, the similarities between the two and what the value is. I think you can even argue Donovan Peoples-Jones has higher value at this point. So if, if Parker's getting $11 million as the base, Browns fans better be ready to pay up. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and this is the thing about contracts, right? I mean, they, the only thing they do usually is go up. You know, the only position where it's not is running backs. And mm-hmm. so that's, that's going to probably turn into an issue next year for Nick Chubb when he goes into the last year of his deal. And, you know, I think already he doesn't have much, if any guaranteed money left on his contract. And I don't have that in front of me, but I remember reading that recently. So it, it, that's something that, yeah, you got to think about later, but – I think, you know, when you're talking about wide receiver production and what you could possibly get out of it, the other thing to think about when comparing Parker and Peoples-Jones is Peoples-Jones is younger. So there is, I think, a higher ceiling there, right, where, yeah, you you haven't necessarily seen exactly the production that you would like in sort of mid-tier receiver, like, you know, upper mid-tier where you can make it to 1,000 yards, and that means you're going to be paying more. Um, So I I think – that should happen, right? If you are uh, the Browns and you have Deshaun Watson with a full offseason and he's getting chemistry with these guys and he's comfortable in the offense, then in theory, you should have two guys with at least 1,000 yards on this team, provided everybody stays healthy. And then another guy, whether it's um, uh, your tight end, the chief, whose name is Najoku. <laughs> Najoku yeah. Jesus, man. There's a lot of names going <laughs> around in my head. Well, you it's been a while since we've even seen football at this point, so I get you. I know. I had his nickname, you know, like know. this guy. <laughs> <laughs> you were there. You were there. I was. So whether it's Najoku or uh, whether it's Schwartz or whether it's Elijah Moore, somebody else has to have 700-ish yards in that range, and that means you have a successful offense. And what was I thinking early? Miles Simmons, uh, ProFootballTalk.com, joining us. There was there was a player I was trying to think of earlier, and it was like uh, sometimes I do like these tests against my brain to think like how quick it can be. And I yeah. it was like a starting quarterback for, and I, I just I did not have it. It was just did not come to me, and it, it was not going to come to me. And then like I got it five seconds later, and the disappointment on my face was it was a little too much for me to handle. Uh, but Miles, you brought yeah. up Nick Chubb. Mm-hmm. At this point, you mentioned the lack of guaranteed money and everything moving forward. I, was, I don't know what they're going to end up doing with Nick Chubb, and we know the running back position has definitely taken a hit, but if you're Nick Chubb, shouldn't you be asking for an extension right now? If you, like, if you had long-term plans to be with the Browns, wouldn't right now be the time that you're going to the Browns and saying, hey, uh, I, sign me up for two more years. Give me that extension now, and let's ink this thing up. 
Yes, but no. I mean, because there's no leverage. I mean, what the only leverage you have, I guess, is your skill. You can say, well, I'm not going to play. But then it's like, okay, well, you're also under contract for not just this year, but also next year. And I think if you look around the league and you see, okay, we, we've got just a couple more weeks until the franchise tag deadline. I don't really think that Saquon Barkley or um, Josh Jacobs are going to get the long-term deal that they're seeking from the Giants and the Raiders. I mean, why would the Raiders or the Giants do that based on what the running back market is, where you've still got guys on the market? I mean, Dalvin Cook, a really, really good running back, Mm -hmm. still on the market, even though he just got released. I mean, a couple years ago, that's a guy that would have been sucked up like that. I mean, just based on what we know that he can bring to the table. There are good players still on the market here. I mean, Kareem Hunt still on the market. Zeke Elliott still on the market. Um, you look at um, Austin Eckler with the Chargers. He, they let him seek a trade, and nobody wanted to trade for him because they would have had to alter his contract and give him more money. So he ends up re-upping with the Chargers, basically. It's the last year of his deal. He doesn't get any more guaranteed money. The only thing they do is give him, I think, $1.75 million more available in incentives, which doesn't even take him to the $10 million mark that he would get as a franchise player if he were to be franchised. So if you look at all of the landscape with the running back, if I'm a good agent, I'm probably telling my client, like, look, I, I know – that we want more guaranteed money here, and maybe we can get that, made just a little bit more guaranteed. But, I mean, the Browns aren't going to cut Nick Chubb. He's not really in danger of being cut. So, at the same time, it's kind of like, well, what are we really fighting for here when there's still two years left on your deal? That, that, to me, is where it's like, I don't know that that's a fight that is really worth fighting at this point yeah, I think they also know he's too much of a leader and a good teammate he's never going to do a hold out or hold in whatever they call it these days it's just not going to happen yeah for him. yeah yeah exactly that's not that's not who he is it's just not I'm sure you we we've all seen the clip of Nick Chubb you know with uh, however many uh dumbbell yeah, barbell the, the weights weight, on the side you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. That. yeah exactly and the meme going around right now is like oh look it's Nick Chubb carrying all of Cleveland's hopes and dreams on his back like, <laughs> he accepts that responsibility and he's going to continue doing it I, I don't really have much doubt about that Miles fantastic stuff appreciate you giving us a few minutes and uh, we'll catch up with you later thank you so much Miles yeah, absolutely anytime be good guys uh, great stuff right there with Miles Simmons ProFootballTalk.com. we come up